Tomorrow night is Tishabov. <coughs> Tishabov, the ninth of Av, is the saddest day of the year on the Jewish calendar. It's the day that both Batimikdash were destroyed. It's a day that many tsars, many terrible things happened to Klai Yisrael throughout our history. Let's talk a little bit about the Chorban and see how we can connect with it and see how we can connect ultimately with coming out of Golis. The Pasuk says in Eicha, Yodai, Yodai, excuse me, Poras, Tzor, Akol, Machamadeh, talking about the enemy, spread his hand on all of its precious things. Here we're talking about Yerushalayim, right? Yisrael, the Chorben, Kirasa, Goyim, Bo, Mikdasha, the nations came, saw it into its holiness, saw its holiness. Who are these people? Asher Tzivisa, Le'evoyu, Bakalach, those that were commanded, Le'evoyu, Bakalach. The simple reading of the Pasuk is they came, the enemy came, came into your holy places, stole all your valuables. An enemy that wasn't even allowed to become part of your people. Rashi brings from Chazal that Yodai Paras Tzara Kol Machmadeha is referring to Machmadeha, it's referring to the Torah, the Sifrei Torah, the Torah scrolls. The Pasuk says about the Torah, Hanechamodim Yizov, it's more precious than gold. What's more precious than the Torah? The enemy came to steal the Torah, to steal the Sifrei Torah. Why? Because it says in the Torah, they are not allowed to come into your people, to join your people. Which enemy are we referring to? Amon and Moav, the nations of Amon and Moav, about which it says in the Torah, and Amon and is not allowed to come to join Kal Yisrael. What's the special significance? What does this add to the Chorban? Why was it important to tell us that Amin and Moyav wanted to steal the Sifrit, Sifrit Torah? And why did Amin and Moyav want to steal the Sifrit Torah? And what can we learn from that in appreciation of the Chorban? So, we know, we find in Chazal two things about Elio Anavi, two roles for Elio Anavi. Lasa Lavai in the time in the future. The Pasik tells us that Eliyahu Anavi will come be Mavasar the Gaula. Eliyahu Anavi will be the one to tell us that Mashiach is coming to announce the redemption from Golas. We also know we do find that the Mishnayas refer to Mumunachachiyavi Eliyahu. There are certain things which you don't know who they belong to. We'll have to wait till Eliyahu Anavi comes when he's Mavasar the Gula. And we find in Chazal. A word teku, sometimes you have a, a question we don't know the answer to. The Gemara says teku. And many learn teku means tishbi, taritz kushpas, ve'abayas. The Eliyahu Navi will come. He's the tishbi, he's from tishbi. And he will answer the unclear questions of Taira. So Eliyahu Navi has two roles, La Salavai. One is to announce the gula. And the other is to clarify things in the Torah which we, we don't know. Are those roles related? So I heard from my Rebbe, Rebbe Siegel, Zechariah Levracha, that of course those two roles are related. He said, we find, and we daven every day in Ahavarab and Bechaz Kriyashma, which is a bracha on the Torah, talking about asking for understanding in Torah. We also, at the end of that bracha, we also ask for the Geula to come. And he says, what's the connection? He says, the connection is because the Golas of the Jewish people is the Golas of the Torah. And when there's a lack of clarity in Torah, that's a Golas for the Jewish people. 
we find the Gemara in Shabbos says we're talking about a, a time of Kalas, Ain Allah Bura, O Mishnah Bura of Makamachad. We don't have clarity in Torah, clarity in Allahha at that time. Because when the Kal Israel is in Gallas, the Torah is also in Gallas. Also Pikabala, he says we find Israel Varaisa Kutchabrihu Khadu, Israel and the Torah are one. So when what what happens to the Torah is mirrored what's happening to Kal Israel. We are connected, we are intrinsically connected. Therefore, Eliyahu Anavi, who's going to tell us about the Gula, he's also going to be the one who's going to clarify those things in Torah which need to be clarified. Because they, we go hand and the Golas of Kali Yisrael goes hand in hand with the Golas of Torah. Kali Yisrael, at the time of the first Khurban, was the first time they were going into Golas. It was the first time we, from when we had settled there to Yisrael that we were going to be off our land, that we would be a people a stateless people without a land. It's one thing for a nation to survive when you have a land and you have a country. It's a whole other thing for a nation to survive in a diaspora, to survive under the dominion of others. Kali Yisrael didn't know what it was going to be. We knew the Navi said we would come back, but they didn't know. Imagine the people of the time. What a terrible fear that was. What if somebody, an enemy, wanted to try to make sure Kali Yisrael would not come back? What would they do? I'll tell you what they would do. They would do what Amun and Moev tried to do. Amun and Moev came, tried to steal the Sifrei Torah. And they wanted to take away the Torah from us. If they take away our, us, take away our Torah, they think Kali Yisrael would stay in Gauls forever. And they wouldn't survive. And ultimately, Chas Vashon, we would disappear like so many of the other nations throughout history. So we asked, why would Amun and Moev want to steal the Sifrei Torah when Kali Yisrael is going into Gauls already? The answer is because they knew if we would, the Sifrei Torah would survive, Kali Yisrael would survive. But how is that? How does a stateless people survive? The answer is, and we can use an analogy from the Torah itself. You know, there's the Torah Shebiksav and there's the Torah Shabal Peh. There's a Torah which is written down, and that's in the Sefer Torah. And there's a Torah Shabal Peh, there's an oral Torah, an oral tradition which was handed down from generation to generation from Moshe, who received that Sinai, and he gave it down to us generation to generation, and it was transferred. Today, we're in such a situation, I mean, this goes way back already, where the Chazal said if we wouldn't write down Torah, that we'd be forgotten, so we even write down the oral tradition. But the way, it's, the way it was given was to be orally. Orally transmitted. We can say that it's one thing for a Torah to survive when it's written down. But for a Torah to survive even when it's not written down, when it's just orally transmitted, that's a whole different level of a tradition of Messiah surviving from one generation to the next. The strength of that a tradition which survives in such a manner is even stronger in many ways than the tradition which is written down. Because it's because you see that it survived even when it didn't have a physical place for it to reside. It resided in the people itself. Kali Yisrael survived like the Torah Shabbat Pes survived. Kali Yisrael survived even though we were kicked out of our land. We survived in Gullist. And we thrived, and we were able to come back. How did we survive? We survived because we were connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We were connected through the Torah, even when we were off our land, even when we were stateless, even when we didn't have a place to live, and we were under the dominion of others. And this we, this we, this we get from our connection to Torah, to a ter- even to a Torah Shabbat Peh, to a Torah that survives even when it's not written down, doesn't have a physical place to reside. Amun and Maya thought they could take away our Sifrei Torah and that would cause us to, to our existence, Chas to end and would make the Golas permanent. But they didn't understand 
that even if we take away our Sefer Torah, we also have a Torah Shabbat Peh, and we can survive it without it being physical. We can survive through a Messiah, and we will be able to, and eventually, we can survive off our land, and we'll be able to come back. We know, the Pesukim tell us, that even before the Chorban, Nebuchadnezzar took part of the, took many people to Baba. Even before he destroyed the Bismarck, even before he destroyed Eretz Yisrael, many people were taken down to Babel as an initial stage of the Gauls. And Chazal tell us that he took with, the Pasuk says that he took with him the Cheresh and the Masker. He went with them, those, down to Babel with him. Those Cheresh and Masker, Chazal tells us, those were Talmud Chachamim. He took with him Talmud Chachamim that were able to establish communities in Yeshivas and in Babel even before the Jews came from Eretz Yisrael. And, and we see that there was a bracha, that even in Chorban HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he taught us how we are going to survive by sending the Torah there first, by establishing places where people can learn Torah and keep the Torah. In Galus, we would still be able to survive. I want to prove this further. Because the Pesachim tell us in, in Shmuel that when the Adab Ramelech killed Galus, and Shaul had promised Whoever kills Goliath will be able to marry one of his daughters. And they began, Shaul began to get nervous when he saw that Goliath, that David came and killed Goliath. He thought maybe he's going to take away the kingdom from him. And he asked, which child of, Dov, of Yehuda does he come from? Is he fit to be a king? And Adami said, what do you mean? Who's, who, who's this, you want to know if he's fit to be a king? Is he, is he even allowed to marry a Jewish person? Because where does he come from? We know the Pesukim tell us in, in Megillus Rus the story of how Rus married Boaz, and David was a descendant of Boaz. And Rus came from which nation? Rus came from Mayav. Doeg said, a Mayav is not allowed to come to Kal Hashem, so David's not fit to be part of Kal Yisrael. What are you asking? He's fit to be the king. And a major machlekes ensued, and was an ongoing machlekes about whether it's, if, if it's, when the Torah says, that includes men and women? Or is it, no, is it loyave amayni? It's Amoini Vilei Amoinis. Mayavis. It's only the males of Amoin and Moyav. They're not allowed to come into Kal Yisrael. But the females are, if they convert properly, they can come into Kal Yisrael. And the Psak was handed down, as Shmuel Hanavi said, that it's Amoini Vilei Amoinis. What does that mean? That means in the Torah itself, in the physical Torah, it says, It's not clear. It sounds like it could even include uh, the Amoinis, the Mayavis. But the Torah Shabbat Peh, the Shmuel Anavi told us, it's Mayavis, is allowed to come to Kalei Yisrael. And therefore Rus was able to, therefore Bayaz was able to marry Rus. Even at the time of Bayaz, one of his relatives didn't want to marry Rus because he was nervous that, this, that she, he's not allowed to marry her. Because But Bayaz, through his knowledge of Tarsha Balpeh, was aware that it's Mayavis, and he was able to marry Rus. And who was the descendant of Rus? The descendant of Rus was David HaMelech. And who was the descendant of David HaMelech? That's Mashiach. Mashiach will come very soon t- to take us out of Golis. That's the descendant of David HaMelech. That means to say that the end of our Golis was made possible through, through Ter Shavah The end of our Golis was made possible because people learned Ter Shavah And the learning of Ter Shavah like we said, is what kept us going when we were off our land. Just like just like Klai Yisrael off the land, there's like a Ter Shavah a Ter that doesn't have a physical Ksav. So Amrin and Moyav, they thought they would steal our Sifrei Torah and they would keep us in Gauls forever. They didn't know about the Torah Shabbat And they didn't know that we have a Torah Shabbat and we can survive even without physically being on the land in the same way we could survive. Our Torah, our Torah Shabbat survives even without being written down in a physical Torah. 
and with the turn Shavapeh is what allowed the Gula to come. And how appropriate it is it's the Amun Amoyev said, we're going to steal your Sifrei Torah, that very same nation of Amun Amoyev, through the turn Shavapeh about them, is what, what brought about, what, what, what's going to bring about the ultimate Gula when Mashiach comes. So we said, so we can understand. Amun and Moab wanted to steal our Torah because they felt that if they take away our Torah, if Kaisrol doesn't have a Torah, Kaisrol can't survive. And they will not be able to survive out of Eretz Yisrael, and we will never be able to come back. And we know that it was Averis, it was a disconnection, disconnection, being disconnected from keeping the Torah, being disconnected from learning the Torah. That's what brought about the Churban in the first place. That's what brought about the Gauls. But even so, and Amun and Moab thought if they'll steal our Sifri Torah, we won't be able to come back. But no, we knew, we know that that's not true. We know that even when we're in Gauls, as long as we stay connected to the Torah, like the Chereshem Azger went into Gauls before Kali, went to Babel even before Kali Yisrael came down and said, with Hamid HaChachamim, that set up places of Torah in Babel even before the Jews got there, they helped us to survive. And that's how we survive in Gauls. By learning the Torah and keeping the Torah, and learning the Torah Shabal Peh, and keeping the Torah Shabal Peh, of course, and also learning Torah Shabal but that's what keeps us alive in our Gauls. And by doing so, not only will, we, by learning more Torah, we bring, we clarify things in Torah, but by more Torah, we, and we bring the Torah closer together. By bringing more Torah, we're also going to, by learning more Torah, we're going to be able to bring ourselves closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And ultimately, we redeem from this long galas, and, and this year should be the last sad Tisha B'Av, and, and in Mitzvah Hashem, going forward, all of our days will be happy, and this should be, we should have a Nechama very, very soon.